If you're joining us for the first time or you're a regular listener, welcome to this weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. My name is Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. Welcome to episode number 102 of the Point of Purity podcast. In this week's episode, we take a look at Psalm 25, verse 1, which says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. What does David mean? Why is he doing this? How does this apply to you and to me? So let's dive right in and discover the soul significance. So in Psalm 25, verse 1, David writes this, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You know, it's, it's almost so simple of a phrase that we tend to skip over it. You know, we're, we're reading the Bible, we're, we're, we come across this passage, and you know, we're kind of like, okay, yeah, so David's saying, Lord, I lift up my soul, but yet we want to look for something else, something, I don't know, something that has more depth, more meat to it. But in this episode, I want us to park here at this verse, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And I want us to consider, I mean, really, truly consider what David is saying. So the first thing I want us to consider is this. What exactly is David doing in this verse? What's he doing? Well, if your answer is, well, he's praying, you'd be definitely correct. But I want you to take it a step further. Go a little deeper. What is he doing in this prayer? In other words, there's more going on here than just he's talking with God. What's the action that he's taking? What is the position he's assuming? Listen to the verse again, Psalm 25, 1. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Well, if your answer is something like, well, I, I guess he's lifting his soul up to God, you'd be spot on. That's correct. But what do you think that means? Why is he doing this soul-lifting thing? What's his purpose? What's his goal? What should you and I be learning from all of this? How, how does this apply to our life today? Well, here's, here's the point I'm wanting to begin with. David is choosing, it's a choice that he is making to surrender his life to God, his life to God. Not certain parts and certain aspects, but his life in its entirety. And it's important here that you understand this was a deliberate choice that he was making. This wasn't, wasn't being forced upon him. No one was holding a knife to his throat saying, do this or else. He is willfully choosing to surrender his entire life, every part of it, every aspect of it, over to God. He recognized that who he was is only because of who God is. And he owed God everything. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. What about you? Are you making that same choice? Now, did you notice what I did not ask? I didn't ask, have you made or will you make the same choice? As, as if it's a, a one and done kind of thing. Uh-uh. This is a daily, moment-by-moment decision that you and I need to continuously make. So are you daily, are you moment-by-moment moment making the willful choice 
to lift up your soul to God. Have you made that choice yet today? Will you make it? We must daily, we must repeatedly, we must consistently choose to lift up our soul, the the, the core of who we are, all of our life, every part of it, surrendering it over to the almighty, most holy, sovereign creator and God of the universe. You are who you are, a child of God, because God is who he is, the savior of your soul. And let's face it, you and I, we owe God everything. So think with me for a moment about the word soul. David prays in Psalm 25, 1, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. What is your soul? And why is it so important that you and I lift that up to God? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we see that the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Your soul is the real you. It's, it's your personhood. It's the seat of your will, your emotions, your passions. It is the heart. It is the core of all that you really, truly are. Your soul, now watch this now, your soul is what will go to either to heaven or to hell for eternity when your body dies. And that, de- that determination is made right now while you're still alive. It's based upon your choice to put your faith and trust in God for your salvation or not. Now, on the flip side, your body is just the, the car. Let's call it the car, the vehicle that God has given you to travel through life with. A, a, a car, by the way, that's permanently out of alignment. Have you ever, you ever driven a car that's out of alignment? You let go of the steering wheel, what happens? The car drifts either to the left or the right, depending on its bent. Your soul, the real you, is the driver behind the wheel of that car, your body. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. You know who that is? It's God, God alone. In Matthew 16, verse 26, Jesus said, What profit will it, will, um, what profit, let me back that up. Matthew 16, 26 helps to read it and not just try to quote it. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? Matthew 10, 28. I want us to take a moment here and now notice the command of Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, where Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And by the way, when God says all, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, what, what does he mean? Maybe let me put it to you this way. How much of your heart, how much of your soul, How much of your mind is to be totally surrendered to God? What's the answer? All. And all means all, and that's all all means. So let me ask you another question. When? 
When is all of your heart? When is all of your soul? And when is all of your mind to be totally surrendered to God? The answer, right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. You get the idea? Okay. I have a question for you here. It's so simple of a question, you might just wonder why I'm asking it at all, but I'm going to ask it, and here it is. And, and by the way, answer honestly. Don't be a smart aleck. Answer honestly. Here, here's my question. When you are choosing to lust, when you choose to look at porn, you choose to give in to masturbation, when you are choosing to be sexually impure, here's my question. At that moment, of, uh, in that choice, are you walking in obedience to Christ's command of Matthew twenty two thirty seven? In that moment, when you're choosing to lust and look at porn and masturbate, are you loving God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind? Now, before you answer that, consider this. Either you're all in or you're not in at all. There is no in-between. Psalm 25, 1, the theme verse for today is, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Okay, so as we understand that the soul refers to the real you, lifting up your soul to God means you are totally and completely surrendering everything you are, everything you have, everything you want, everything you need over to God, everything. And by the way, that includes your sexual passions and desires. We need to make the choice daily to lift up totally and completely surrender even our lust, even our sexual desires over to God. Okay, now <clears throat> understand this. Totally surrendering your sexual purity over to God is not as hard as the enemy wants you to think. Let me repeat that. Making the choice to lift up your soul to God, to, to totally surrender every aspect of your life, including your sexual purity, over to God, that's not as hard as the enemy wants you to believe it is. Victory over lust and porn and masturbation. I call it the three-headed dragon. Um, I, I, I've nicknamed the three-headed dragon Lupomas, L-U for lust, P-O for porn, and M-A-S for masturbation, Lupomas. But victory over that three-headed dragon typically begins, now watch this, it begins long before the actual temptation to sin. The victory starts the moment you choose to search after God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, Deuteronomy 4.29. And you're doing so hours, even days before the temptation hits. You're put purposefully, pursue, purposefully pursuing after God. You're keeping your focus on God being on the throne of your heart, not King me, not just at the moment of temptation, but in the, day, in the hours and the days leading up to the temptation. You see, when King me is sitting on the throne of your heart, you will choose. You will always choose to seek out what's going to make King me happy, happy, happy. And King me will never, watch this now, listen to me closely, King me will never capitalize the word never, bold, print it, underline it, circle it, put a star by it. King me will never voluntarily decide to step off the throne so that God can reign, so that God can rule in your life. The, the King me is just not going to do that. Why? Because King me is convinced 
that God's way is less than fulfilling. God's way is boring. God's way isn't going to truly satisfy. That's what King Me believes. And so King Me says, no way to God's way. By the way, if you'd like to learn more about that particular point, I'd encourage you to go to Amazon.com and, and purchase my book, Removing the I, the letter I, Removing the I from Life, The Dethroning of King Me. And again, that's available on Amazon. But I want you to listen closely to what Deuteronomy 4.29 says. Here, here it is. From there, you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, I need to read that verse to you again. Listen closely to it. Deuteronomy 4.29. From there, you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him, if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Deuteronomy 4.29. Now, here's my question for you. According to that verse, what percentage of your day can be about seeking King Me's desires, passions, and pleasures. What percent? 10%? 40%? Maybe 70%. What about 80%? I'm going to submit that the only answer that is acceptable is 0%. But whatever number you gave, why did you give the answer? Why did you give the percentage that you did? I mean, after all, come on. What's wrong with seeking out a little bit of forbidden pleasure every once in a while? What's, what's wrong with a little lust? Uh, I'm not committing adultery. I'm not hopping in bed with the person. Uh, I'm just kind of looking and appreciating. Here's the answer. It's all about the motivation of your heart. Why are you seeking your own desires? Listen, I guarantee you that when, when King Me's on the throne of your heart, there's nothing, nothing at all in your thought process to do with honoring God. Everything is focused on pleasing King Me. Oh, and by the way, as we'll see in a future episode, when you lust and you look at porn, you are in that lust, in that, that, that moment, you're committing adultery, and you are hurting others. We'll dive into Matthew 5.28 in a future episode. Okay. It's time for an honest assessment of your life. Here's another question. What percentage of your day is typically about seeking your own desires, your own passions, your own pleasures, versus what God wants for you? What percentage of your day, in any given day, is about King Me? Do you remember what Deuteronomy 4.29 says? From there, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him, if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. There's that word all again. And all means all. And that's all all means. So according to Deuteronomy 4.29, the result, now watch this, the result of only half-heartedly searching for God while King Me is sitting on the throne of your heart, the result is this. You won't find him. He will not respond to you. You will continue in your sin, and you will continue to experience the ramifications of your sinful choices. That's not, that's not Steve saying this. This is God saying this in his, in his own word. In Isaiah 59, verse 2, it says, Your iniquities, your sins, have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Well, what sins is he talking about? 
Uh, Let's identify those sins, and and then we can make sure that we'll never do those particular sins. (laughs) Well, he's referring to King Me. You see, when King Me is sitting on the throne of my heart, I'm worshiping King Me. I'm worshiping a false god. I'm committing idolatry. That's the heart of every sin that we will ever commit, is King Me sitting on the throne. So Isaiah is giving us a solemn warning that our iniquities, our sinful King Me choices, separate us from God. When you Now listen, when you are worshiping King Me, you have, in that moment of worship, automatically chosen to turn your back on God in favor of your own sinful sexual passions and desires. Again, that's, that's not my words. It's Romans 8, 7. You're being hostile to God. And as a result, until you confess, until you forsake that sinful choice, you will, as Micah 3, verse 4 says, cry to the Lord, but he will not answer. He will hide his face at that time because you have made your deeds evil, Micah 3, 4. I also want you to notice, back to Deuteronomy 4.29, that it says, from there you will seek the Lord. Okay, great. (laughs) From where? The answer, from right where you are. In other words, watch this now. This This is so awesome. You don't have to get your act together before you can start seeking the Lord. You don't have to stop lusting and stop looking at porn and stop fantasizing and stop masturbating before you choose to reach out to God. Come to him just as you are. Sinful, dirty, wretched, worn. Just just come to him. In John 7, verse 37, it says that Jesus stood up in the midst of the crowd and, and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, just come to me and drink. Let's face it. You're thirsty, my friend. The problem is that you've been running to the wrong well to find the satisfaction, to find the thirst being quenched. In John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Isaiah 58, verse 11 says, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. In Psalm 107, verse 9, it tells us that that God satisfies the longing soul, the hungry soul he fills with good things. Listen, Listen, listen to God's call. Do you hear it? God is saying to you, come. Come to me just as you are. No no fluff, no pretense. Just you, your soul. Lift it up to him. Surrender your heart to him. In Isaiah 118, God says, come now. Let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become wool. Isaiah one eighteen. Oh, my friend, lift up your soul right now, right here, right now. Lift up your soul to God. To you, O oh Lord, I surrender everything. Lift up your soul to God. Just, just come to him. Right now, even though your sins are many, even though you have been sexually impure, even though you continuously give in to the whims and wishes and desires of King Me, just just come to God. Let Him cleanse you. Let Him fill you. Let Him truly satisfy you. Allow God, your Creator, your, your Savior, 
to sit on the throne of your heart. You will not regret that decision. I promise you. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. I want to submit that Jesus is inviting you to come to him right now, just as you are. Will you make that choice? Come to him with your heavy burden. Come to him with your pressing problem. Come to him with your recurring sinful habits. Let him fill you. Let him give you the rest that you are seeking. You don't have to change anything before reaching out, before crying out, before lifting up your soul. Just just come as you are. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says this, With confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Oh, my friend, are you listening? Is this sinking in? You can have confidence that when you call out to God, when you lift your soul up to him, he will hear you. You can go throughout the rest of this day. You can go throughout the rest of tomorrow. You can go throughout the rest of this week in confidence that the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, Psalm 145, verse 18. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says this, This is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything, anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Oh, I want to make sure that we not lose sight of our main point in this episode. In Psalm 25, verse 1, David is choosing to lift up his soul to God. He is making the choice to yield, to fully surrender every aspect, every moment of every day to the lordship and the leadership of God in his life. So from this point, we're discovering the necessity of daily making the same choice. To you, Lord, I lift up my soul. I'm fully and completely surrendering everything I am and everything I have over to you, God. Now, let's face it. King Me is trying to convince you that's a terrifying thing, but it doesn't have to be. So what choice are you making? What choice will you make? Well, we're going to hit the pause button here until next week's episode as we look forward to continuing this study. But if you'd like to learn more about today's study, if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry, I encourage you to visit our website. There's a plethora, a multitude of resources that we've made available to you. And that, that list of resources is, is, is growing continuously. So you can find our website at www.thepuritycoach. That's all one word, thepurity, P-U-R-I-T-Y, coach, C-O-A-C-H dot com. And one of the powerful resources that we make available to you, and I've been pushing this for the last couple of episodes, 
is my book that I've written entitled Overcoming Temptation, Four Steps to Spiritual Victory. You see, saying no to temptation, any temptation, and choosing to live an upright, godly life, this is a daily, moment-by-moment decision you must make. That's a recurring theme in many of our episodes. Every time, listen, every time you are faced with a temptation, you are also faced with a decision. Do I give in or do I stand firm in my faith and fight? Do I yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit and live my life to the glorification of God? Or am I focusing on King me and giving into my fleshly desires? It's a choice. But how do I make the right choice? Well, this book, Overcoming Temptation, Four Steps to Spiritual Victory, lays out in a very clear and and practical way how you can live a life that is holy and pure, how you can daily, moment by moment, say no to sin and live by the Holy Spirit in a way that truly glorifies your Creator, your Savior, your Heavenly Father. So once again, the title of the book is Overcoming Temptation, Four Steps to Spiritual Victory. You can find it on Amazon.com or go to my website, thepuritycoach.com, And in our resources section, you'll find it there. Well, if you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, please let me encourage you, do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thinking.